Right, so picking up where we left off, um, how much of our daily life is scripted by the party? And what does the party require in order to keep owning people and scripting people's lives? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times for which God has decided we shall live. And I am thankful for these times. It is a time of choosing, and God is making it very clear. It's also the very single best time to be alive as a Christian human being, a Christ follower. It's a great advantageous time for people who haven't yet made the decision to follow the Lord but are doing that. And I'm getting a whole bunch of encouraging emails about that. Feeling better about the email stuff, by the way. I, I got some time to catch up. And, and now that I've communicated that it's really just that I want to write a book back to everybody. I had some pretty good time just getting through and responding to emails. It feels good uh, because I owe you that. I, I really do owe you that. So picking this up from last hour, from the party Owning the minds of people by programming people. Well, it's a public health authorities. And, and you could look at phrases and understand that they're propagandistic. The phrase for Tony Fauci, the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases, Dr. Tony Fauci. That is a propaganda phrase because it's not measured. There was no contest. He didn't have to fist fight anybody to get that. There's no way to know that he is the leading expert in anything. Globally, you can't do that. You can't. It, there was no psychological contest. It's a marketing phrase. Well, McDonald's has the best fries. Why? Well, it says so right there. Best fries. Safe and effective. Uh, experts say that the vaccines are safe and effective. For whom? See, it, it, something can't be safe and effective unless it's water or air. Because even aspirin, aspirin says this is unsafe for some people. Don't eat it. So it's a propagandistic phrase. And people are being herded towards behavioral kill shoots. So when you hear scripting your daily life, I can understand people responding to that saying, I'm not being scripted. I didn't say you were. I mean, how many how much of our life is scripted? But we're being we're being kill we're, we're being driven towards behavioral kill shoots. For instance, the kill shoot of not owning a car. The party communicates this. They don't like the fact that you purchase a car and then hold on to it for 15 years. Or if you're like me, I'll drive a car dead. I buy cars with cash. I drive them dead. And until my rule is until I'm spending more on repairs than I would on a monthly payment for a car, I don't buy another one. And that's just, hey, that's the way grandpa raised me. My grandpa influenced me in that way. They don't like that behavior. Because they want you to, to to be a constant money churn on the car. They don't like the fact that you can have that scale of, uh, that you can uh, amortize that asset across all those years, not in a tax basis, but in usage. So they want you to rent cars. They also like the fact that in renting cars, they get to create an ecosystem where they can say, hey, you know what? A ride alone in one of our rental cars costs you this much, but if you bring other people, it costs you this much. Hey, or you could be a driver, so they herd us towards these behavioral outcomes. 
You'll own nothing and be happy. They are pushing that. They tried that in a Bloomberg editorial. They tried a Bloomberg editorial to convince people that owning a home is a bad idea. It's a bad, bad investment. Don't buy dirt. Don't buy the earth, the only thing that can't be replicated. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. But but in that, they said, be renters. Be a renter. Well, then I have a question for them. Who, who is the owner? Not you. So what they're saying is owning houses is good for some people, just not you. That is scripting people's life towards a behavioral outcome that's never been more clear in the case of the COVID and the Great Reset, which began in March of 2020. They've herded people towards a behavioral outcome that your freedom is a problem, that people who will not take the need of the government are to be suspect, that the government's job is to protect you from dying at all costs, no matter what, no matter how bad the cost is for society, it is government's job to protect you. They scripted people towards these behavioral outcomes of hitting old, you know, smacking an old man in the face in an airplane while the old man is calling a lady a B word and a C word and every other word. They've herded people towards these behaviors. So the scripting of life sounds like, wow, that's you're really out there, but I'm really not out there. I'm really just describing what is in fact happening. Now, The scripting of life requires great, big power. Okay, and it requires that so that you can do this in mass. You have watched for a year and a half on a global basis. People be inserted into a screenplay that is a psyop that was tested at Harvard, 4,000 people. How do, we, how do we brutalize people, con them, charm them, bribe them, uh, fool them, pressure them into taking these injections? That's part of it. That's Harvard. 4,000 people in that test. Now, it happened around the rest of the world as well. Event 201 is a real thing. They did it in public. To pretend you are not living through event 21 is to pretend that the, the, the sun did not rise this morning. That's a scripted event, including how to get CNN to run the cases, cases, cases clicker. They wanted to run deaths, but it didn't work. So they changed it to cases, 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 meaningless propagandistic word, utterly meaningless. You're living through that on a global basis. People have been driven towards behavioral kill shoots. I hate my neighbor. He won't wear a mask. Love thy neighbor. Not if he doesn't wear a mask. Jesus went to the lepers. Yeah, but they didn't have COVID. So to say otherwise is to ignore fact in front of us. But how did they get the power? How did they get the power to do this? This goes to why the media won't stop. Okay, we talked in the last hour. New York Times is down 34%. Washington Post, 44%. CNN down 38%. Fox down 34%. MSNBC down 25%. Why won't they stop? We all see this. Everyone listening to this podcast sees what the party is doing, at least on the COVID front. We agree on that. I think we agree on Build Back Better, The Great Reset. I think most of us agree with that. 
I think we're very frustrated that the, that the big media now all of a sudden will talk about Build Back Better when they spent a year and a half telling us Build Back Better was a conspiracy theory and the Great Reset was a conspiracy theory. But I think we agree on that. Why won't they step back from that? They see their business model being destroyed. Why won't they step back from it? I'll answer that in a second. Let's get to psychological immunity. Let's, let's immunize ourselves. In John 19, that's John chapter 19, verses 10 through 12. This tells the story of when Jesus allowed himself to be captured. And this is leading up to his crucifixion. And he was standing with Pontius Pilate. Uh, and and Pilate, Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. He wanted to wash his hands of the thing and have someone else do it. And so from, from the Bible, Holy Bible. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have power either to free you or crucify you? Jesus answered, you have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, if you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. Incidentally, just so we're clear, Jesus and his, his, um, his apostles were also Jewish. So they were Jewish people who weren't saying that. But in the crowd, there were the Jewish people there. Most of them were saying that. But Jesus is looking Pilate in the eye going, you don't get it. You don't get it. You're, you have been put in a role. You have no power over me, but that which my father grants. Get this straight. I'm not afraid of you. Like you could hurt this body, but that's it. I'll raise it up again. You can hurt the body. You can break it. I'll raise it again. And he knows this. He'll do the same for us. They can break the body. They cannot break the soul. God is allowing this to go on right now. He has ripped the temple curtain. You are seeing clearly what the party is doing and why. After Christ died before he rose again, the temple in the, the temple in the synagogue ripped, fell to the floor. That was a curtain that kept regular ordinary people away from the, 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 uh, the holy place, the high holy place in the synagogue. And this was God saying, hey, no more curtain. I'm the one who designed the curtain. I told Moses to build the synagogues this way. Now I'm telling you that day's done. We don't need this curtain anymore. Everything's open. You just killed my son. And he's going to rise again. And now death is dead. Psychological immunity to the words of the Bible. So let's get to this. Why won't the party change? Why won't the media companies change? Don't they know that we see it? Don't they see that they're hemorrhaging viewers? They are. We're not. I was just at a meeting uh, Monday morning with the team and the sales team, and our numbers of downloads have doubled. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you tell 10 friends about this program, if it's making a difference for you, if you tell 10 friends, that's absolutely huge. If you leave a review... 
on your favorite podcast app. Just leave a review of the show. You can, if you write stuff, that's an extra bonus. Even if you just write, love the show, here's why. If you want to be ver- more verbose, that's fantastic. But good reviews give the podcast distributors confidence to promote the show. Because man, I guarantee you, God is protecting us from people and some of these companies from really realizing what we're saying here. He's put the curtain up. New York Times is down 34%. WAPO is down 44%, etc. ad nauseum. Why won't they change? You ever read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad? This is a great book. Is that guy's name Robert, Robert Kawasaki? I think it is, right? He describes in the book, he grew up with a dad who was poor, poor-minded, working man, good man, good loving father, but didn't understand how money works. Money is something you save, you, you put in a sock and sit on. People who are sophisticated with money or who grew up around money say, no, no, money is an employee. And they look at employees as just another investment, truly. And that's okay. As long as you treat people fairly, don't put your thumb on the scale, don't abuse, don't threaten, don't bully. You, know, you invest in people. You say, okay, my money could grow by buying land and putting it in a car wash and then people will pay me to use my land. They'll pay my property tax and they'll pay me back for my land. My land will be producing cash flow. Or I could buy land and I could, let's say, build houses. All this requires employees or general contractors, people. But what people with money do is say, how do I get my money to pay me? So maybe I buy intellectual property. I had a friend of mine who's one of the most successful, um, they used to call them patent trolls in the world. Well, you know what? My, my buddy put together a way that his money paid him. And he wasn't doing anything that Microsoft or Google doesn't do 10 times harder and meaner to people. Although he was doing it on the side of inventors. And man, it worked. Multiplied his wealth. Passive, just in the PayPal checking business. I mean, they had to go to court sometimes and work themselves. There's a whole reason I'm saying this. New York Times has a lot of money, a lot of debt, a lot of money. CNN, less so. WAPO, owned by Bezos, has now a, it has no need for money. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, same thing, lots of money. Ish. Ish. They are small compared to some others. Back in the day, Microsoft, no one cared about you until your product was about a half a billion dollar contributor. And here's their logic. You see, with all the money Microsoft churns, if you have a team that produces, let's say, $100 million in revenue, oh, that's nice for you. Isn't that sweet? And what they're thinking is, is look, it takes as much time to build a product that produces a hundred million bucks and to manage it and to support it as it does with a product that produces 500 million. So look, let's just kill the hundred million dollar projects or roll them together until they're all one big half billion dollar thing. I got a note one day from a friend of mine after I left Microsoft for many years. It was very kind of him to write to me to say, hey, I wanted to let you know that the video platform you pioneered with us and helped us build is now a half billion dollar contributor. That meant it was real. So at that point, it arrived. It was real. It mattered to people. That's their math. 
see, that's the gargantuan difference between people who operate in that realm and normal people. So why won't the media companies change? They want the money. Here's why. There's a fantastic digest of some work by some students. It's so refreshing to know students are still doing investigative journalism. This is written by a woman named Jeanette Cooperman. You'll have a link in the podcast app from commonreader.wussel.edu. She writes about the control of newsrooms. Five giant corporations now control most of what we see and read. The smallest number of media companies are now reaching the largest number of people in U.S. history. And the strongest critical analysis I can find is not in mainstream media, but in the student newspaper at Vassar, which gives you some idea of the pickle we're in. Who controls the corporations who control our news? A helpful index was just compiled, but not by the mainstream media, but by Harvard researchers exploring the future of media. Skimming the list, I see two names again and again. BlackRock Fund advisors, and Vanguard Group. BlackRock and Vanguard are two of the big three, every industry is clumping, and passive fund asset management firms. The third, State Street, is owned by BlackRock, whose largest shareholder is Vanguard. (laughs) Ha! They're really only two, there's really only one firm, guys. Together, BlackRock and Vanguard own 18% of Fox, 16% of CBS, and therefore of 60 Minutes, 13% of Comcast, which owns NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, and the Sky Media Group, 12% of CNN, 12% of Disney, which owns ABC and 538, between 10 and 14% of Gannett, which owns more than 250 daily newspapers plus USA Today, 10% of the Sinclair local television news, which controls 72% of U.S. households' local TV, and a large unspecified chunk of Graham Media Group, which owns Slate and Foreign Policy. BlackRock, it turns out, is the world's largest money manager with $9.5 trillion under management. Now, you see... Those companies, those media companies, chump change to BlackRock. Chump change. This is like someone coming to you and saying, I I don't know your income, but I'm just speaking on the law of averages here. This is like someone coming to you and say, hey, I understand you you bought a a piece of a small business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do some investing. What'd you buy? What'd you buy? Get some tech. What'd you get? Ah, it's this lady down the street sells tomatoes. Pardon? Tomatoes. That's so tasty. She's she's got like 15 acres of tomatoes. Wow. You bought a piece of that? How much? 10%. Now, see, you could be looking at that and saying, hey, bud, I'm, I'm getting 300 bucks, 400 bucks a month from that. So don't come to me with, you know, it's stupid. I'm, I'm making my money back and then some. But it's chump change. Right? When you look at your expenses and. Well, for BlackRock, the game is not media. Because they own big pieces of tech. They own big pieces of pharma. 
They're buying up entire neighborhoods and turning them into rental enclaves. They aren't interested in $100 million in ad revenue. That's just keeping the lights on. What BlackRock is interested in is hurting people towards behavioral outcomes, scripting people's lives towards behavioral kill shoots so that you turn out to be serving them in a great big feudal system. And the con is this. Right, the con is they own so much of so many of these companies. I'm done with Coke. I'm buying Pepsi. Coke went social justice war. SJW, go woke, go broke. I'm drinking Pepsi. BlackRock says, whatevs. Whatevs. We got Pepsi too. They remember psychological immunity. God is allowing this. So what are these kill shoots? What are these behavioral kill shoots? that BlackRock seems to be driving at. Well, some of them are very obvious, some of them are less so. But they all have one thing in common, and that is that your freedom is the problem. You can follow the show. You know what? I don't like that. Don't follow people. You can get updates from the show on Twitter at Toddy Herman or and no both at Toddy Herman and at the Todd E. Herman show on Twitter and Jack Dorsey's hate machine. Incidentally, we are planning a big event on Rumble. And we're going to start, we're going to do this with people who were the first to sign up for our email newsletter. And that's that we're going to do that. We're going to do that on Rumble. And then Rumble is right now going to be the platform for live video that we're going to be doing. That's going to be subscription-oriented stuff. The subscription stuff for the show needs to provide extra value. But there's also this as I think about the subscription stuff. I don't want to get into a position where I have to take money from advertisers I don't want running during our show. I don't want that to happen. And look, if ever... If ever in some weird happenstantial way we ended up going back to radio, it would A, need to be a really brave syndicator, and B, it would need to have some understanding. Sell all the network ads you want, but man, I'm not voicing anything I don't believe in. I never have. But there's going to be some categories that are going to be unwelcome on my program. I gave the game away. That's it. Now no one will ever try to sell the show. We'll see because God's pretty, pretty amazing. And what he's able to do. So what are these behavioral kill shoots? Let's start with this. This is Jonathan Carl at ABC. Um, now, this this clip did not come from March of last year or the summer, uh, the spring, the fall. This is from this weekend. This is Jonathan Carl, and he's reading words from a screen. And I have a question for Jonathan Carl. I would I would I would pay money to ask him this question instantly after I read this. He works at ABC. He works for the party. He works for BlackRock. ABC is just a toolkit in their behavioral hurting of people towards behavioral kill shoots. Here, COVID couldn't stop Christmas, but here we are again. Yet another holiday season overshadowed by the pandemic that just won't go away. This time, with the fear, things may actually be getting worse. 
Omicron is sweeping the country, becoming the dominant COVID strain in just a matter of days, smashing hopes for a return to normal anytime soon. President Biden came into office vowing to get the pandemic under control. Now he is outlining yet another strategy, this time to combat Omicron. I would love to say this is Jonathan Carl. Jonathan, stop. What did you just say? No, no, no. Stop looking at the screen. What did you just say? What does it mean? Uh, uh, Omicron stuff. I don't want to do false witness. I don't want to provide false witness. I don't know Jonathan Carl, but I know a lot about media because the Lord has gifted me with work internet for a long time. That man had no idea what he's reading. That was a cold read. Just reading the stuff that's put in front of him. I don't have a lot of patience for people who would do that incidentally. But more to the point of the party. Don't they know? I mean, don't they know that we have all caught onto this? We've caught onto the scam. We know Omicron's a cold. We've seen the South American data, South African data. We know this thing is less harmful than a cold. And he's going to try to scare us. That's us with psychological immunity. 50% of people hearing that are in the fear matrix. They're in the fear behavioral kill shoot. They are buying that you're constantly at risk, that only the government scientists can save you, that only the new technology of mRNA can save you. They're being behaviorally prepped for, man, we got to start tracking people. we got to be able to know when someone gets sick. we got to be able to instantly lock stuff down. we got to get these passports going. How come we're the only one with vaccines passports in, in Los Angeles and New York and King County, Washington? We need to spread these around the country. I'm scared. I'm very, very scared. And yet there's the sparrows that don't drop from the sky because God knows them and every hair on our head. BlackRock owning portions of media companies that push that garbage is BlackRock who can go long on mRNA injections in an investment sense, long on so-called vaccine passports in an investment sense. That's a BlackRock who can go long on surveillance technologies. That's the BlackRock, in my judgment, behaviorally prepping people for, you know what? It's time to have a digital tattoo. And please, 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 please come to me all you want and say, man, what happened to you? You're a conspiracy theorist. No, what I am is a guy who spent a great portion of my life in, in tech because God gifted me with the ability to work in tech and come back and tell you. I'm a guy who spent a long time in politics and can come back and tell you. I'm a guy who God gifted with the time in commercial media to come back and tell you. And here's the thing I observe. The tech is ready. The digital tattoo is Bill Gates wanted a patent on that for a reason. It's not just to put in a portfolio. He wants to be able to use it. The mRNA technology is a precursor to putting in the body code that can be passively modified. There are patents that exist on this that once the code is in your body, we eventually want to get to a position 
where we don't have to shoot you up again. We just flash something at you. It changes the function of the code. Now you've got your update. You're a thing in the internet of things. Now you're thinking like BlackRock. I'm Grim Milestone. The new virus sweeping the world is said to be able to kill up to 45% of people within the first week when it arrives. Government authorities say you must go to a scanning center to have the safe and effective mRNA vaccine in your body updated. Officials say the safe and effective update could occur within a matter of minutes. It's available at CVS, Walmart, and sporting goods stores everywhere. Martha, what do you think of this? Well, I think it's our duty. Your scan protects you. My scan protects me. Now you're thinking like BlackRock. Okay, we've got a bunch of things in our toolkit, including all these media companies we own. How do we use the toolkit to have our money pay us? We own the code in people's bodies. We own the homes in which they live. We own the media that comes into their homes. We own the cars they rent to ship them like little packages to stores we own. We own, they rent. Our money continues to return to us. They're not inventing more dirt. They are inventing more people. So many people are want to live forever. On a temporal sense. Now you're beginning to think like BlackRock. Why are you stepping? Look, look, why are you even leaning over to pick up a penny when you're busy at work earning 35 bucks an hour? Think like BlackRock. Why are you leaning over to pick up $100 million when we're talking, we already have $10 trillion. We're going to earn $100 million this week in carried interest. What are you doing? Think big. They got 9 billion people. What if you own 30 bucks of code in 9 billion people? Now you're beginning to think like BlackRock. Why won't the media change? Folks, we need to understand our relationship with the media. This has always been true to some degree that you purchase ads to reach a media company's audience. So you have paying customers and then you have listening or viewing customers or reading customers. That changed a little bit with subscription fees, right? So now media companies get revenue from both sides. But the big difference is this, BlackRock's not a media company. BlackRock is a life-changing company. BlackRock is a society-shifting company. You are the product. This is why we concentrate on giving ourselves psychological immunity. Because it's not just on the front of pharma. It's not. It's, it's on so many other fronts. This week, we're going to talk about 
these fronts. We'll have Zach Abraham on from Bulwark Capital. And Zach will talk to us about the ESG score, employment, uh, yeah, environment, social justice, and governance. And your credit rating being replaced by a behavioral system, a, a credit score. But see, this all goes one way, guys. And this is the topper to this. Let's really think like BlackRock. Let's look at this. 60% of Americans, no, pardon me, 60 million Americans said, I'm not getting injected with that stuff. I'm not. Do what you want. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting my kids injected. Now, you could look at that and say, that's a massive failure given the pre-planning and event 201 and the global nature of all this. And to some degree, that's true, except then then let's really think like BlackRock. It's not a failure. It's a result. Now, this is very healthy thinking, by the way. We do this in the CrossFit community. I, I go through a, a workout and, and I when I put a note together for my coach, if she's not there, okay, so I'm doing a workout on my own. I have a workout log and I don't write outcome or I don't write um, performance or anything. I, word, I use the word result. What was the result I got? And I don't write failure. I don't write success. I describe the result. I did the workout in this much time and this many reps left over, whatever the workout is. It's not the result I sought. Here's the things I learned and the ways next time I will get better. My transition times were slow. Um, I didn't properly warm up. Uh, I was stiff in the shoulders or I didn't, or this is a, this is a big one. I didn't really listen to the instructions. When we started the workout, I misunderstood the instructions. It cost me a bunch of time. I should have started at a lighter weight. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm getting as a result. It's learning. BlackRock has learned something. There's still a bunch of us who are going to say no. This is a valuable thing for them. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where you have Joe Biden, the figurehead, saying. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. You have him now admitting there's no federal solution, but there's a state solution. Joe, you just said there's no government solution. It's one of the few honest things your handlers have ever caused you to say. Now, he's fighting for an election. That's one thing BlackRock doesn't completely own yet, but they're trying. Facebook tried to purchase the last election, and I, for my taste, still don't know the election wasn't stolen. I still don't. But let's think more like BlackRock. What have they learned? There's 60 million Americans who said no, despite we're going to fire you, despite we're going to take away your ability to go to movies and football games, despite the fact that we're going to shame you, despite the fact that at some workplaces you have to wear a gold, a, a thing shaped like a gold star on your shirt, despite the fact that families are torn apart, that the party has succeeded in splitting Christmas dinners, that parents won't get together with kids. Despite all of this, 60 million Americans said, nope, not doing it. It's a learning. It's a result. And so now someone in the Black Rock circles, in the World Economic Forum circles, gets to say, well, this is why we have created other investments 
It's not just on the front of persuasion around pharmaceutical interventions that we're working, you know. We're also working to make certain that we have a new generation of children more likely to think correctly about world environments. I don't really understand this idea that parents should decide what's being taught. I'm not a professional educator. I don't have a degree in social studies or science. We send our children to school because we want them to be taught by people who have an expertise in the subject area. And that is not my job. When the when the uh, governor or, or the candidate said that he didn't think parents should be, be deciding what's being taught in school, he was panned for that. But but that's just the fact. Um, this is why we send our children to school and don't homeschool, because these are the professional educators who have the expertise to teach social studies, to teach history, to right. teach science, to teach literature. That woman in our last hour told you that she wants her fiction used. She wants her fiction used as curricula in the schools. This politicizing of this, uh, it's clearly been weaponized. You've described it, I think, pretty well on the weaponization of it. Do you think simply time will get us past this? How, how can we get over this hump? Um I don't know, honestly. I'm quite concerned about what's happening in our country because, as you know, my project, which is a work of journalism by the New York Times, is banned by name in Georgia, Florida, Mm -hmm. in Texas. Uh, There are efforts to ban. It's actually not banned anywhere. It's being banned as being used as a curriculum because it's fiction. So that woman who said, I'm not an educator, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a sociologist, I'm not a, I'm not a linguist, I don't know literature, that's where we turn to the professionals, is saying, I do write curriculum that's fiction. Let's think like BlackRock. This is why we've invested in the critical race theory environments in the schools and the sex ed. And the World Health Organization is helping to push sex ed into the schools, which has the advantage of separating parents from the children. Now, I'm not saying that BlackRock funded that because I don't have the proof that BlackRock funded that. I'm not saying that BlackRock funded CRT because I don't have the proof that they did. What I do have proof of, and which everybody can see who's looking, and this is a fact, the World Health Organization does pay for perverse pornographic sex ed in the government schools. The CDC pays for perverse pornographic sex ed in the government schools. The World Health Organization and the CDC speaks the language of critical race theory, which is a global thing. The same global thing that happened when they pushed transgenderism, which did come from, and I know this to be factual through the reporting that I've read and shared with you, the Thomas Reuters Foundation, the world's largest law firm, pushed that nonsense, that cult into the heads of kids around the world and went around governments. All of it has the commonality of coming for the next generation. Get them now. You look at the ways they are getting kids addicted to pharma. Wrong sex hormones. You don't have an immune system. Oh, sorry. Your immune system got ruined when you got shot up with the mRNA. Guess you're going to have to get shot up every 30 days unless you want to die. And now... You circle over to this. There is no shortage. God created a world that self-generates, regenerates. Not Monsanto. They want fish that don't breed. 
and they have purchased and patented them and they're giving them away for now. They're the same people, same company who wants seed for, for crops, staple crops, which don't regenerate. And for now, they're giving away to poor countries. You have to buy them every year. You have to relicense your seeds. There was no shortage. Seeds regenerate, but not the Monsanto frankenseed, not the Monsanto frankenfish. We can harvest food from our land, not when the land is bought up and it's just rental. But we can always have hamburgers and it's just meat. No. You have Buffett and Gates buying farmland constantly. The biggest owners now, by far, in the United States and other countries. What is Bill pushing? Well, I think developing countries can continue to eat meat uh, for a little while. Uh, but uh, but in developed countries, we need to shift to the synthetic meat. And and you get a, you get used to the taste. And you look at the ingredients in synthetic meat. And it's like 78 items long. What's in meat? Meat. But... If meat's, quote, not available, where's the fake meat coming from? In your rental house, from BlackRock. Ah, it seems so hard, depressing. And yet you have no control over me, but that which my father grants. (laughs) Look, you you can hurt the body, but you can't take the soul. Hey, looks like we're in a Big fire right now. And in the book of Daniel, the three men went into the fire. They said, hey, same God. Same God who let us walk through the Red Sea and uh, made a dry spot in the River Jordan and had one of our armies march around, around a city making noise till the walls fell down. That God's going to pull us out of that fire, just so you know. Just imagine those guys standing in the fire going, uh, so uh, can we make it hotter? Because our God's protecting us. And the leader of that, the boss of that country, put out a, an announcement. Don't speak poorly of these guys, God. It was prior to Christ Jesus. God has ripped down the curtain, guys. They don't change because the game is so much bigger than selling them some TV ads. It has huge spiritual components. And we can have psychological immunity against the party by using the neuroplasticity God gave us to reprogram our minds with the word of God. Let's make that our mental operating system. You know that I uh, am a massive fan of music, right? I started doing these music reviews um, partly because we don't get to use bumper music like we did on the radio show. And I, I do hope that Ask Cap after the the holiday break will give me my music license so we can actually have music on the program constantly because I love to have music. 
But I've also wanted to do a podcast that's just about music with my dearest brother who knows more about music than I ever will is a brilliant musician. We want to call it the one, the four and the five. If you understand music composition, you got what I just said, where we take one hit wonder songs and all talk about the atmospheric and Matthew will talk about the music and how it works. And why is this catchy? Why did this work? So perhaps he and I will get around to doing that. I certainly hope so. But it also just comes from a key love of music. And I love to share beauty with my friends. I really do. I love to share beauty with my friends. When I find something beautiful, I want my friends to hear it. This is a song that goes back 30 some years or more to a guy who's changed his name at least twice. And that changed his name last time to Yusef. Um, uh, yeah, to Yusef. What is it? Yusef Imam. Who changed his name to Cat Stevens. Yusuf. And the song, yeah, 1970. This song brings me to an era where an acoustic guitar and a guy singing and doubling his vocals could be a radio hit. It's very difficult to do that this day unless you are, you know, Green Day. And they they did that. It was actually a pretty good song. But Cat Stevens writes a song about a father and son, and it used to mean something far different to me than it does now. As you hear this, you hear a, a man singing with great love for his song, and, or a fictional son. You hear him singing with great love for the sacred relationship between father and son. But I hear something quite different as I listen to the song now. And that is, I hear an emptiness. And I was surprised to hear the emptiness in the lyrics. Because as I listened to them before, I heard they were full of love and full of direction. Now, this guy's become Yusuf Islam, and, and as I understand it, he's a pretty radical Muslim. And for a while, he stopped allowing his music to be played or tried to stop it, stop performing. But my understanding as well is now that when he does perform, the music goes to some pretty radical Muslims. Therefore, I'm not putting a link to the song. Please don't buy it. But as I listen to the song that once brought me great hope and great emotion, I hear something else. I hear in this an emptiness that even in 1970 was present. But for all of that, man, it's gorgeous. Doubled guitars, little reverb, natural reverb set just exactly right. And he's right at the mic where he should be, Cat Stevens, father and son. It's not time to make a change, just relax, take it easy. You're still young, that's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Find a girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. I was once like you are now. And I know that it's not easy to be calm when you found something going on. But take your time, think a lot. Think of everything you've got For you will still be here tomorrow 
but your dreams may not. How can I try to explain? When I do, he turns away again. It's always been the same, same old story. From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen. Now there's a way, and I know that I have to go away. I know I have to go. So when he's singing the higher register, he's singing as the son. The lower register, he sings as the father. You see him sing higher, he's singing as the son, and it's still just this great emptiness to me. Beautiful and empty. It's a very creative thing he does. Raising his voice there to this different register to sing as the sun. But to me, the giveaway is in the beginning. All right, relax, take it easy. Meet a girl if you want to, you can marry. Yusuf Islam, Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens is very laid back. If you want to, you can marry. Take your time. Look at me, I'm old and I'm happy. In a very typical, very beautiful relation with the sun. Since I was born, I was told that I must listen. Waylessness, waylessness, directionlessness. Who am I? Yeah, if you want to, you can marry. Very modern thinking. And people get sucked in. They get sucked in to extremism. Why? Because it's solid. Why? Because it's predictable. And people are getting sucked into extremism with Antifa and they're getting sucked into it with Black Lives Matter Incorporated and critical race theory. Why? Because it's structured and it's predictable and it's strong and they feel greater than themselves. And it's not that, hey, if you want to, you can marry and if if you want to, you can settle down and just take it easy and take it slow. No, it's your importance. You're vital. You're a soldier. What has the church done? We're nice church people. Beautiful buildings. No. The God of the universe left us an instruction kit. Marriage is not in the cards for everybody because it's not God's design, but God does have a design. And on a personal note, it can be really difficult to share this with people. When my father was in the hospital, I danced around trying to say, God, you know, God wants you, Dad. We come to the Lord. We come to Jesus. We accept him as your Savior. I finally did ask him. And he said, oh, I've, I've done that. My dad used to say, my church is the, the woods. My sermons are the birds. Well, those are God's creations, Dad, but they're not sermons. They're not God's words. I was always worried. Did my dad actually accept the Lord before he died? 
Then I was in the hospital when a chief from one of the local tribes came in. You know, I've told you my dad in retirement did a lot of volunteer work with the tribes. This guy came in and I was just thrilled to meet him. My dad had talked about this guy forever. This guy ended up coming and speaking at my father's memorial service. I was just thrilled to meet him. And he spoke to my dad and and he gave my dad this thing he wore around his neck, I guess a talisman. And and what it was was a bag of of, of herbs and um, spices and flowers and a leather bag and a leather rope. And my dad was to have it on at all times. And he was to have it on when his body was cremated. My, my dad decided to have his body cremated. He hated himself. I'm not saying that people who get cremated hate themselves. So my, that was part and parcel of my dad's design. And he wore that. And that was the one thing I told him in the, in the, in the, in the, when we're talking about having his body, um, cremated was no, don't take that off. He's, he's supposed to wear that. And the chief was talking to him and see my dad grew up around natives who still lived in the native way. I mean, look, honestly, they had cars and there, it wasn't, he didn't grow up in the, in the, in the 1800s. But in the Spokane Valley, there were still people who who spent time in teepees and rode horses. And I've told you that the sheriff rode a horse out to my dad's house. I've got the picture of it. So he he always saw in himself the great, bold Native American uh, chests, you know, shining in the sun on the horse, refusing to back down. Because my dad was a man, very soft, very easy to hurt, but also could break an axe handle over his knee when he got angry. And so here's the chief and he's talking to my dad and, and then he says, well, Terry, this is for you. And when you go to the, see the, the, your ancestors and, and the spirit and may I pray with you. And they're going, oh, here we go. This is going to be interesting. And I said, yeah, I'd like to pray with you. And the chief took my father's hand and he said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. Amen. And my dad repeated it with him. And I got to ask this gentleman later, how did you come to faith? He said, I first read the New Testament. After I got uh, over being angry at the missionaries who stole my language and culture, I noticed that Jesus was born in a food trough. I was born in a trailer with no roof. And I noticed that Jesus caused himself to be born to an oppressed class. And, and my father was oppressed, my grandfather. And I noticed that he loved us. And I noticed that he chose that. And that's what got me. And then I read the New Testament or the Old Testament and I saw the tribes. <laughs> and I thought, I've been a fool. I didn't see this. Do you see it? I hope my father saw it. This is the Todd Herman Show. You can do us a favor by leaving a review. 
on your favorite podcast app, sharing the show with 10 friends. Sharing the word of God is more important. Now do, please, go be well, be strong, be kind, and please do, please, be right with God.